0: this episode of Saintly Witnesses where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Today I'm speaking with Justin McLean, who since 2006 has been serving as a theology teacher at Bishop McNamara High School in Archdiocese of Washington. In addition to teaching theology, he has taught Spanish, um, and he's also the author of four books from Ave Maria Press, and he's going to talk to us today about his, how he integrates his Catholic faith. Into his profession as an educator, so I definitely welcome uh, Justin on to give us his story. Thank you for having me, Efren. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So I always start these things off on how we got acquainted, and so I reached out to uh, somebody who's also an educator. Cause I'm an educator, and so I like to keep a good, you know, close knit um, group of educators on social media. And I reached out to this one educator and he said, hey, you know, I'm a good candidate to interview, but also you should check out somebody who's a good friend of mine. And he gave a lot of complimentary um, remarks about Justin. So I immediately reached out to Justin and Justin um, was just super receptive to the invitation. And we both, you know, instantly kind of clicked and was like, hey, you know, we both are Catholics, African descent, we both educators. And we spoke briefly about um you know our career in education so but i'm definitely eager to hear you know his pathway in the catholic church and how he involves his catholic faith as a in the a, as a, as an educator in education so um from what i know when we were talking you definitely just told me that you were a cradle catholic is that right
1: that's right efren my parents Uh, That is my father, who will be 84 next month, and my late mother, who passed away uh, going on 20 years ago, August 14th, 2000. They were both Baptists and they converted to Catholicism. So, uh, my uh, brother Jairus and I were raised in the Catholic faith. And uh, in the early years, I went to Catholic school from elementary school at St. Mary the Assumption in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, to Bishop McNamara High School in Forestville, Maryland, which is where I teach now. And when I was in college, I stepped away from the faith for a bit. For a variety of reasons, my faith didn't really mean that much to me anymore. I always believed in God, but I wasn't living the sacramental life. So I consider myself a revert, if you will, as of about... 15 years ago when I returned to the practice of the faith.
0: So how did you practice your Catholic faith in your early life, middle, and adult years?
1: So I went through the motions. That's the simplest way to put it. I was given an education that I would consider wholesome. I was given an education in Catholic schools that was introductory in terms of the rudiments of the faith. And I really had a variety of teachers who planted seeds, so that when I, as a young adult, stepped away from the faith, they had planted those seeds that eventually took root and grew, uh, as we uh, read in the Parable of the Sower, for instance. So my Catholic faith in my early life wasn't something that I took that seriously. I always believed in God from a sheer philosophical standpoint because the idea of God made sense, but that doesn't mean that I was really taking my Catholicism seriously.
0: So how did the, your faith develop growing into you know adult years and how you, to where it led you now? Okay. Uh, so it was probably
1: in the late 90s, around 1998, when I started to really question a lot of things about Catholicism. I wasn't fully on board in terms of some of the Church's moral teachings. I wasn't really as uh, aware, if you will, about why the Catholic Church taught what it did. And I was that one in class who would push back against the teachers in terms of what they were trying to convey. I would question everything under the sun about Catholicism figuring that this religion clearly does not have it right. And clearly I know better and I'm better able to discern things in life. So I had this period of years, about six years from about 1998 until about, uh, 2004 where I questioned so much about my faith. And, uh, in college, since I mentioned earlier that my mother passed away August 14th, 2000, that was right before I started college at the university of Maryland. So her loss losing her was a deep wound for me. Uh, she had lung cancer. She was diagnosed in April of 2000 and uh, t- taken from us in August. So it progressed very quickly and I was without my mother. So I continued that questioning of faith that I had uh, encountered starting a few years earlier, and that questioning uh, deepened, really, and I felt very distant from God. So when I was in college in 2001, a a year later is when the 9-11 attacks happened, and that, for me, set me on a course of wondering what the bigger picture is. Here, those thousands of people uh, who who were killed in the attacks woke up that morning, probably just like any other day, and went about their lives, and their lives were so quickly taken from them. And that got me thinking about, well, goodness, one day, whenever it's going to be my time. I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's coming eventually. So my existence and it's dare I say, uh, what I perceived as futility was something that I really started to think about. So that's when, over the course of the next few years, because God was very patient with me. It wasn't an instant reversion back to Catholicism. It wasn't an instant return to the faith, but it was one in which God was so patient and walked with me. And over the course of the next few years, I started going back to Mass. Uh, I started going to the Sacrament of Reconciliation again and I felt at home. I really met some good, solid Catholics at the University of Maryland Catholic Student Center, and my faith became an integral part of my life again. And I will forever sing the praises of my teachers who, across all subjects, had been planting the seeds all along, uh, who had given me that foundation of faith in an academic setting in a Catholic school so that later I could take that and have a more mature faith.
0: Okay. Wow. What a good chain of events that led you back to the church. Did you have any memorable moments or experiences along the way?
1: So in, I have to think of the years here in, would have been 1994 into 1995 when I was in the seventh grade And uh, my teacher, Mrs. Hartman, Rose Hartman, was our science and math teacher. And one day we were going to mass and she turned around and she said, make sure you all sing during mass. And she said, when you sing during mass, you give glory to God. And then she said, in a self deprecating way, I'm not the best singer, but I still sing anyway. So that's what she told us. And I thought to myself, why does our science teacher care about our participation in Mass, us giving ourselves to God in Mass? So that may be a a small, perhaps trite example, but it's one that always sticks with me because it showed me that my Catholic faith wasn't simply something to relegate to religion class, it wasn't something in a box it wasn't something in isolation. It wasn't something to be kept in the confines of religion class and then not applied in other subjects. So Mrs. Hartman for me was a teacher who took her faith seriously, although religion class was not her academic specialty, if you will. So that sticks out to me. So around 04, because I graduated in May of 04 from the University of Maryland. Then I stayed another uh, half of the year that summer and that fall to finish my degree in Spanish since I'd already done the criminal justice degree. And that's when I was really discerning a call to the priesthood for the Archdiocese of Washington. So I was accepted and went into seminary and that nine month period was a time of discernment, to say the least, as I continue to uh, look at if this was what God was calling me to do. And eventually, to my astonishment, perhaps not to his, but to my astonishment, uh, he said, no, I'm leading you elsewhere. So this was in the spring of 06. So I spoke to my spiritual director, to the vocations director, and... I told them that I did not feel called to the priesthood anymore. They uh, abided by that, and then I finished the academic year, and, and all of a sudden, here I was responding to what I perceived as God's true vocation for me, but I didn't know where that was going. I realized in all the things that I wanted to do growing up when I wanted to be everything from a pilot to a medical doctor to an author to an, an educator to a Spanish interpreter and so forth, I realized in all these things that I wanted to teach, I saw myself teaching or professing in all these fields. So I figured that was the least common denominator, so I called up Claire Trichel who was the uh, guidance counselor my senior year at McNamara and said, I've left the seminary. Are there any openings to teach at McNamara? And there was an opening. So I applied for it and got it. It was to teach Spanish. I really wanted to teach theology, but I was still able to return to my alma mater and teach Spanish. So that was in the fall of Oh six. But at the same time, although I had that response to God's call, I was likewise wondering, well, God, I think that I'm called to marriage, but where is the future Mrs. McLean? Where is she? So that was in the fall of 06 that I started at McNamara. In the spring of 07, in the afternoon, I was on my way to class, on my way to teach, and I had all my books and lesson plans and so forth with me. And the school principal, Marco Clark, who just recently retired from McNamara, he was leading this woman around, taking her around the campus. And there they were under the back canopy. And he introduced us. He said, this is Miss Snyder. Uh, We're interviewing her for the French teacher position, and I'm showing her around campus. So we met exchanged pleasantries there and it was in the coming months after she accepted the job to teach at McNamara and then started teaching there and we had a planning period together so we really got to know one another we struck up a friendship and long story short uh on March 3rd of 08 we started going out so it didn't seem like a short amount of time then but looking back it does now so we started going out on March 3rd we were engaged by December 5th of 08 married August 15th of the next year 09 so uh, four kids later and one on the way due next month I'm pretty certain that I've responded to God in terms of what he was calling me to do so I tell people that so that they can maybe be at greater ease especially the youth when they're wondering what God is calling them to do when you open up yourself to his will and you let him take the reins so to speak and cooperate with him then he does the spiritual legwork so i started college in late august of 2000
0: Mm -hmm.
1: at the university of maryland studying criminal justice and right away, I started working for the University of Maryland Department of Public Safety, or the police department, if you will. It's undergone some name cha- name changes over the years. So I uh, worked as a student police aide for the next four and a half years and really met some good, solid people there and got a lot of life experience, but I really did work full-time, if you will. Although it was a part-time job, I often worked well over 40 hours a week while continuing to go to class full-time. So in the beginning, that's sort of how I spent my time. I dedicated myself entirely to work and to school. So for me, God was, goodness, not even secondary. He was not even on the, the radar in terms of what I viewed as priorities. So, when you combine my late high school years in which I was questioning everything about Catholic morality and just ignoring all that, when you combine that to my early college years, there was a vein in which I essentially was consistently and steadily and increasingly denigrating God's role in my life so when I started going back to mass and to, uh, to, to the sacrament of confession when I invited Jesus back into my life I once again felt whole I once again felt complete I once again felt at home in the church And it was then that I came to know some really solid Catholics uh, there at the Catholic Student Center at the University of Maryland, many of whom are still uh, my good friends to this day. And I often joke when I say that I may have my degree from the University of Maryland, but I have my education from the Catholic Student Center, Uh, especially since some of the things that I was learning in class weren't necessarily in accord with Catholic social teaching. So I'd learn something in class and then have to unlearn it or relearn it in terms of looking at how things are viewed through the lens of the church, through the lens of the gospel. So I did encounter that uh, at the university of Maryland in terms of what some of my professors were professing. So I Know that I've mentioned it a few times and I'll continue to, and that is that the Catholic Student Center really was my restoration of faith. And I'm going to give a shout out to Father Bill Byrne of the Archdiocese of Washington, who was the chaplain there at the time, and he was so instrumental in bringing me back to the faith.
0: With this information you just shared, and given that RCA season is about to start soon, what is some information that you would say to somebody who is discerning the Catholic Church?
1: I would say, read the Fathers of the Church. When we look at Jerome, or Augustine, or St. Justin the Martyr, or St. Clement, when we read these figures, or St. Athanasius, when we read so many of these figures, we see many elements that point to what constitutes Catholicism. Even before those fathers of the church, if we look back in apostolic times, if we look at Paul's letters they are within the New Testament, we see a sacramentality. We see the Eucharist. But wait a second, that's not mentioned by name in the New Testament in terms of the Eucharist. But when we look at uh, the writings of the church fathers, we see this playing out. We see the Eucharist, we see the term Catholic start to be used. So uh, the early church having been at least uh, one generation away from jesus himself if you look at the apostolic age we see a sacramentality we see the papacy there in matthew 16 18 and 19 where jesus says uh to peter behold you are peter you are the rock and upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of the world shall not prevail against it so we have the establishment of the papacy uh Maryology. We Catholics are often deemed as giving a great deal of devotion to the Blessed Mother. Rightfully so. This is from uh, John 19, where Jesus from the cross gives his mother Mary to the care of the beloved disciple John. And if you look at the writings in the early church you see a consistent devotion to the blessed virgin mary so it's not something that's new uh it's something that's 2000 years old i know that's a long answer but hopefully that speaks to the multiple reasons i would have to say to someone considering catholicism to look into the early history of christianity and one cannot look deeply into the early history of Christianity without a word recurring repeatedly, and that is Catholic. You also see the sacraments. And that's what it is, ultimately. The sacramental life, uh, the papacy, although the papacy took a while within the church in order to how do I phrase this? In order to be recognized for what it is today, at the same time, we have an unbroken line of succession from Pope Francis all the way back to Peter. So there's always been a Peter per se. So if somebody's considering converting to Catholicism or looking at the Catholic Church, I say, only read the writings of the church fathers if you're ready to be open to how Catholic they were. Um, if you're ready to be open to how Catholic St. Paul was. That's my
0: advice. That's super essential reading for right there, all those church fathers that you mentioned. So the next part is the human interest component. So you briefly touched on how you got introduced to uh, McNamara High School. Um, so, and you touched on like how, what influenced you to get uh, get into education. Um, so any more information on like what prompted you to get in education? You know, you mentioned that, you know, you always felt some sort of call to profess and teach. So is there anything else that you, you know, want to highlight on, you know, what made you or influenced you to get into this role? So here's the
1: funny thing. I'm an introvert. I have an introverted personality. I don't mind being in other people's presence, but I'm just fine being at home with a book. So I'm not a party animal. My wife is much more outgoing and and expressive, but I'm more of an introvert. So when I felt that God was calling me to teach, I thought to myself, well, this is odd, this isn't something that I see myself as gaining a lot of energy from. But I responded, and I did not have any substantial teaching experience. I had taught a few uh, CCD classes to children, and I had taught ESL a little bit in a program, but I didn't have any high school teaching experience. And all of a sudden, here I was teaching high school. And for the first two years, I was really in over my head. I would say for the first two years or so, I really had a lot of growing up to do as a teacher when I was a brand new teacher because I had studied criminology undergrad and worked in a department of public safety. So I worked within uh, a police department as a a student, not as a police officer, of course, but just as a student aide. And from there, I had gone into the seminary, so very structured environments. And here I am teaching high school. So I was rather law and order at first. I was uh, merciless, and I expected uh, that if this is the way that it's going to go, then this is the way it's going to go, plain and simple. And I really had to reexamine my approach to teaching. And I realized that I had to realize that my students were human beings first and students second. You can't invert that. You love first, you teach second. So once I had that renewal of my mindset, my teaching started to bear more fruit. So that for me solidified my vocation as a teacher. When I look back over the last 14 years, they seem to have flown by. I don't uh, think sometimes that I've taught for 14 years, but then when I look at my uh, involvement year to year, wow, these 14 years have gone so quickly. So I love teaching. I adore it. I feel at home teaching. And I love catechesis and passing on the faith And evangelizing in the classroom and challenging my students to be current disciples and future saints.
0: Okay. With that information in mind, how have you, or what are some experiences that you've gained um by you know teaching in a Catholic school? And
1: students want to be told the truth. That may seem an odd thing to say, but I think at a certain level they can respect even if a student is not Catholic, him or herself, uh, there's still a respect there that can be gained when they realize that you try to lead them to understand the teaching's rootedness in the gospel. There are so many different messages out in the world today from all different angles that want to lead everyone of faith, but especially the youth, away. To lead them away from the truth, to lead them away from the gospel, to lead them away from that which is good, holy, and true. We could spend hours talking about how fractured society is right now. Uh, And I sometimes wonder if Jesus were alive now in modern times. Probably the same thing would happen to him as happened to the, 2,000 years ago. Uh, he'd end up crucified for professing the truth with the fullness of charity. Uh, he would have been the victim of mob rule. And... Uh, we as disciples need to continue to profess the gospel in a world that is in such great need of faith, hope, and love. I know that answer is on the longer side again, but uh, in terms of what I try to bring to my teaching in a Catholic school, in terms of what I try to bring, it's, for students to love the Lord, because if they can love the Lord Jesus Christ, everything else falls into place. The morality comes more easily. The understanding of sacramentality comes more easily. An appreciation for the role of faith in life comes more easily. Because if you have a best friend, then you're proud of that friend. You want to spend time with that friend. You know that that friend makes you a better person. So if we view Jesus as our best friend, then we are willing to orient our lives toward him. And people come to that realization different ways. Some people read themselves into a life of faith. Uh, Some people it's due to a cataclysmic experience that they might have, an instant conversion, for instance, such as with St. Paul. Uh, Some people are nudged along by God and finally realize that the creator of the universe has been nudging them to follow him. So when I teach, I try to give my students a message that is wholesome as compared to the messages that they hear in society
0: last but not least which is like I guess the most important question is how do you insert your Catholic faith into your role as an educator besides teaching it
1: (laughs) so many of my students actually by the numbers at McNamara most of my students are not of the Catholic faith so I in a way an ambassador for Catholicism for them. Many of them may not know a priest or a nun or a religious or someone who who takes uh, his or her faith seriously. So I try to be an ambassador for Catholicism. I I let out the joy that God gives me in following him. I tell them that yes, it is possible for them to speak out against injustices that they see around the world, Uh, not to uh, be ignorant of any number of things that are wrong in society, the, the bad or the ugly, as we say. So I try to be an ambassador for them in that way. And also as a black Catholic, because in the United States, by the numbers, by the percentages, there are not nearly as many uh, Black Catholics as there are uh, Black Christians of other groups. So I, for them, am able to convey to them, yes there are Black Catholics, we do exist, and uh, really to try to teach them about some of the saints of African descent. uh, And I think that The church in the United States is really getting better at doing that uh, in terms of highlighting the many figures. Augustus Tolton comes to mind. uh, And we learn about the saints from Africa per se. Uh, So uh, uh, St. Josephine Bakita, for example, comes to mind. So I try to do that for them as someone who is a black Catholic, trying to show them what that means to be a a black Catholic. Uh, In the United States. Um, I do a lot of writing and I'm active on social media so I also try to help uh, promote what uh, fellow faithful black Catholics are doing in terms of their writings and so forth, so that the broader population gets to learn about what it means to be a black Catholic.
0: Well, from listening to your dynamic career in education and your faith journey, one thing for sure stands out, that you've been a strong ambassador for Christ, whether that be in your formation or as you're in your passionate work as an educator. You are a representative for Catholics, face-to-face to students, and I appreciate you being a strong, passionate role model uh, for the faith. Well, that's going to conclude this episode of Saintly Witnesses, and I just interviewed Justin McLean, sharing his faith journey and his vocation as a teacher. Tune in to the next episode.